Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Today, we are welcoming back Alex. Woo, woo, woo. Yay. Yay. Welcome back. So today is going to be a check-in with Alex. Uh, How's mommyhood? How's Charlie? The whole nine? How you feeling? And then we're also going to check in with uh, Liz and see uh, Jake's out of jail, fresh out. (laughs) <laughs> the clinker and yeah. so we'll just touch base with how his time was how you're feeling how his time um, was. maybe touch <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. how COVID was in there um because I think that's interesting so um I think we can oh and then I, I did have a, an interesting conversation with uh neighbors out in the driveway the other night so uh I'll share and touch on yeah. that listen on that yeah it's been a while since we've caught up with alex so this will be a good chance to bring all of us up to speed on everything yeah i'm excited to be back it's nice to have something to do and people to talk to besides you know newborn (laughs) (laughs) so tell us how how old is the little one now he's 13 weeks tomorrow so just over three months awesome it's going so fast crazy are you enjoying mommyhood yeah i like it i mean i think it's stressful right now i mean i think it's stressful anytime but then you pile on uh, a pandemic and you know there are already times when i mean i'm already so afraid of him getting sick in general like i just don't anytime i think he's feeling unwell like my heart breaks it's just like i don't want i just don't want you to feel any pain you know and then you layer on like everything going on and it's just like oh my god um and plus then like with work you know i'm working from home um so it's just you know trying to juggle work and taking care of him it's just a lot of extra stress i think but i am really enjoying it he's awesome i mean he's really fun um i just am like ready i just I think I really want and like to feel normal and it's just not happening. <laughs> so yeah. brace yourself. For yeah. Yeah. That, you know, for a while, I think my whole pregnant just wasn't enjoying that. And I was like, I just can't wait to not be pregnant, feel normal again. And then of course that happened in the middle of a like shelter in place order. And, <laughs> and then like my whole maternity leave, I was like, I had was excited about, you know, taking trips and doing things with my mom, you know, kind of enjoying that time off and not just being at home all the time, but I was. And so I'm just getting stir crazy in general. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. How are things going with you and Charlie then? So things are going well. I mean, I was really, I was actually journaling, um, a couple of nights ago because I've just been kind of anxious about juggling work and just the, like we, we were kind of talking before we started recording about like politics and there's just so much happening in the world that I feel like very stressed out by all that. So anyways, I was journaling the other night and I, like I hadn't 
journaled in such a long time and I always like read my last entry before I write again in the last time I had um written was like during my pregnancy and I wrote all about how I was like nervous about Charlie being able to handle fatherhood and like being a parent mm-hmm. and it was shortly after his relapse and all that stuff that happened way early like in January and so um this must have been dated like February or something so it was um I was just like really like just getting that off my chest about how it's just so had so many concerns about how he was going to handle the stress and how we were going to parent together how our relationship would you know fare during all of that and so that was really interesting to read that um three months after being parents, you know, being parents for three months and then reading that. So um, he's doing really well. Actually, I'm, I'm, at, I'm like pleasantly surprised. It's way different than I kind of thought it could be. Um, so that's nice. I mean, there are definitely challenges in like, um, you know, he's not as patient as I am. He gets like really upset that like when he doesn't know what to do, mm-hmm. um, so, but he's been in counseling. Um, he's continued his counseling through, I don't know, I'm, I think I probably talked about this before, but he's been doing counseling at least for six months now, I think. Um, but anyways, he's been continuing that. And that's been super helpful because he's been able to like take whatever he's feeling and like talk to his counselor and kind of sort out like maybe why he's reacting in, in these ways or, and it's not really bad. And he just gets really frustrated and like down on himself. To the point where he's like, I just don't even want to do it. I don't know how. He's like, I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with him either. Like, <laughs> we're just trying to figure yeah. this out. Do you, do you feel like it's related to just him being like, there's a difference between males and females or his personality? Or do you feel like, you know, his, um, and that part of him like plays into his responses? Like, I don't know if there's you can separate them all from each other well a lot of it there's one example of what actually happened tonight but most of it I think is like his childhood and like he just didn't he was kind of an only child and he just never really had like um close connections you know what I mean like he just struggles with like this is such an intimate relationship with him and his child and I think he struggles like he just really wants to do it well and like he just doesn't know how like he doesn't he hasn't really seen anyone parent a newborn you know he hasn't he didn't have brothers and sisters he didn't you know things like that so um I think it's a little bit of that but then like tonight for example um all right, the baby is starting to teeth and like we didn't really put the pieces together until tonight when like I looked at him and he was gnawing on uh Charlie's wrist and like had drool all down his like covered his entire onesie and I was like oh maybe he's teething um but he was crying and like like he was we could not console him at all and like Charlie was holding him when he first started crying and he just like does this thing and he's done it to me a hundred times but then I saw him do it with our son which was really weird but he's so he's crying and Charlie doesn't know how to respond 
like he just was staring at him and like holding like not moving like so rigid and like staring at him and he was just like frozen he's like i just don't know what to do but he's done that to me so many times where i'll be like upset or crying and he's just like staring at me like he doesn't (laughs) know how to console or like comfort in those situations he feels very like paralyzed by the emotion okay and um which is so interesting because he just never dealt with that emotion before and so i was just after well he always like dealt with those emotions in a very unhealthy negative way exactly he just feels so uncomfortable you have to like relearn yeah how you're supposed to do it yeah so it just makes him really uncomfortable and he has no idea what to do and so um after we realized that like it'd been three hours since the baby ate so maybe he's hungry (laughs) (laughs) and we fed him I was like you know that was so weird seeing you respond to him like that because you've done that to me a lot like where you just don't know how he's like I don't like he's a lot of what he does in like counseling and stuff is he's really learning to like process emotion and just and talk about it like how he's feeling and stuff um so it was just super interesting to see that and then to talk about it with him um but one thing that like I really love about the way he's been so far is he's just like really um he's a great dad and it's just really cool he's like super engaged and really hands-on but then he's also just like very aware of kind of when things make him uncomfortable and he's been talking to me about it and then talking to his counselor which is such a change that from a year ago even um Mm -hmm. so it's just really cool to kind of see that I don't know it's bringing out something in him that's like making it easier for him to like communicate and um kind of he's more aware and I don't know he says he's happier he just like feels fulfilled I think um but yeah it's interesting it's just really really interesting so I'm proud of him for kind of just being um really open and like willing to work on himself throughout this process because it's bringing out the best and the worst in both of us you know with no sleep and the stress and things like that so and we haven't really like had moments where we're like fighting we've had moments where like I'm like mainly me like so tired and really upset and like these like where we need to take a break but mostly like we've really been working together and and um using like our counselors and things to kind of get through some of the harder parts of like the mental health aspects of it so yeah. yeah, a long uh, way of saying, like, it's, I think, it's not going great, it's not perfect, um, but I am proud of the way that both of us have kind of, like, dealt with it and, like, worked together and used our resources to kind of be as successful as we can be, you know, and keep learning throughout it, so, yeah, it's been interesting. Now, how how are you, um, or, like, what are you chatting about with your counselor at this point? anxiety about everything so I suffered from like general anxiety prior to being pregnant and prior to having a baby but now with the baby it's like this elevated sense of responsibility and like there's all these new things to that I like find myself worrying about and just the state of the world is like this is like all of these things that have me like hyper just like I'm like just hyper aware of like so much stuff so I think that's my biggest thing 
how much of your anxiety is focused on like Charlie relapsing or on his recovery? Zero. Yeah, absolutely none. I don't have the time. Like, it's so interesting how there was so (laughs) it's funny. So he had a moment over, I don't know, it was recently, I don't know what day it was. The days like uh, are all one big day, but it had to be a couple days ago um, where there's a moment where he was just like really frustrated. I don't remember what it was. And he needed to take a break. And he was like, I'm going to go to the gas station. Like, okay. And then I thought about it for like, I was taking care of the baby and um, I thought about it for a second. I was like, go into the gas station. What is he doing? Like, what, what is he doing at the gas station? And then, you know, mm-hmm. like, is he actually going to the gas station? He did leave kind of upset. And then I was like, I don't care. Like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, the baby's right here and he needs something. And it's just like, that's my priority. And um, I just don't have like the space mentally to, like before, like two years, a year ago, I would have been like, okay, so wh- how long has it be gone? How many gas stations are around? Checking the bank account, um, texting him, like, are you okay? Where'd you, like, what are you getting? You know, like trying to make yeah. casual conversation about the gas station <laughs> to see what he says. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And whatever. So I did notice that. Um, it's just really interesting. But yeah, I don't, I just, it's so weird like I don't have the like the mind space to like think about that like he has to take care of himself you know I have been noticing that um he has been reaching out to people in recovery more like I'll just overhear him talking to someone like he was he has one friend who um is like super political my husband is very political and like gets really stressed out by the news and, you know, gets very like doomsday-ish and stuff. So he has another friend in recovery who is also super interested in politics and stuff. So they're pretty like-minded. And Charlie was watching the news and um, kind of stormed out. And I noticed that he was just seemed a little upset. And um, then all of a sudden I hear him talking to his friend and he's like, I, I'm in a bad place. I need to talk to you about this. I know you'll understand. And he's talking about politics. It's like not recovery, but he recognized that he was really upset and internalizing it and then reached out to someone and and talked about it. And it's like, that's something I'd never seen before. I mean, he's been doing that. I've noticed it more, but um, yeah, that's nothing that I have ever seen him do prior to like the last few months. So it's pretty cool. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see those little things, which is reassuring. He does like take his, he's not getting the um, Vivitrol shot in the hospital right now because of COVID restrictions. So he's getting like the pill version that he takes every day. And so he does show me that he takes that every day. So there's that piece. But so those things give me a little bit of reassurance. Um, Yeah. You know, right now he's not going to nearly the meetings he was going to. That schedule has been so messed up because of COVID and then a newborn. Um, so I would have been super worried about that. Like I would have been overanalyzing the fact that like, how many meetings have you been to? Who have you talked to? Like, what are you doing recovery wise? And I honestly haven't had the time or like the energy to think about that. So it's pretty um, freeing, I think in that regard, you know, like I, I'm not as hyper-focused on that, but at the same time, I'm also seeing a lot of positive behaviors. So I think 
if I weren't seeing some of those things that have been like reassuring to me, it might be a different story. So that could change, but yeah. Elise, can you relate to that? Do you like, did you feel similar? Like when you were in the, the midst of it, just not having the space to like worry about it? A thousand percent. Um, I was pregnant four months after a relapse or, and, and basically that I had found out that he was a heroin addict period. And mm-hmm. so I remember getting pregnant, kind of realizing like, I'm going to move forward with this pregnancy and things like that. And I just, I had the same exact feeling. It was very freeing for like, I was super, I still am codependent, but I was super, super codependent back then. And it was just like, I have no time for you. And if you're going to go fuck up, you're going to fuck up regardless if I think about it or not. And my stress level, like I didn't have a period for two years. My hair was just constantly falling out. I didn't understand why looking back, I was wildly stressed. And so I was like, you, I have to take care of me and my body and I have to take care of this new baby. And you know, it's like, you want to go do drugs, like peace out. Goodbye. Like, I'm going to do this with or without you. I, mm-hmm. um, the song, oh, I don't want to sing. What's that song? Me, me, don't me sing. myself, me, myself and I by G I or G G E Z. Don't know. That was, that was really popular when I was whatever. And I remember sitting in the car and it's like, woo, me, myself and I, <laughs> I can't, he goes really high. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Anyway, it was like, oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's just like I, you know you, you can only count on yourself and like you've got this and so that's every time I hear that song I think about my first being born and thinking like you know I got this and I'll take care of my kid and now two kids regardless and I don't have time for his bs it is really nice honestly like right I wonder if how it is when you already have a child and you've been dealing with the addiction mm-hmm. like yeah. is it more freeing because, like, our mindset shifted. So all we cared about was our partner. Right. And then, then you added a new person. Well, you were already thinking about, you know, little people and a husband. You know, I wonder if the situation is any different. I also, yeah, I wonder that too. But I also wonder, like, did I just shift the negative energy, like, the negative, like, the toxic behaviors I was having of like obsessing over him did I just shift it to my baby you know and I (laughs) think sometimes I have and that's another thing I've been talking about like in counseling like is that healthy you know like am I still doing the same thing like the same like codependent type behaviors but now it's just with someone else and I don't know like that's I don't know like I think that's a good thing to look at like it's positive that you are considering that and talking to your counselor about it mm-hmm. yeah that, that would make sense to shift some of it yeah it'd be interesting it'd be interesting when he's older and doesn't need me to like do everything for him and carry him everywhere um because <laughs> right now he needs me and it's like that's very it's very distracting and it's like fulfilling in a way that like gives you a, me a purpose and mm-hmm. I wonder if we're like, that's just this ginormous distraction. And once he doesn't need me as much, what will that do to my codependency? And like, how will I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's just something I. Do you feel to Elise? She said in there, 
do drugs and fucking in peace. Like, I don't need you. I've got this on my own. Like, yeah. is that sort of the mindset take if Charlie were to relapse or? Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. I mean, I don't have time for it. There, and like all of the other worries that come with that, like um, worrying about him in the car, like there are just so many things that I don't even, I don't have time for that. And it would be way easier to do it by myself and way more fulfilling. Like it would be, I would enjoy it more if I was, if it was just me and my son, if he was doing all that stuff, you know? And so um, I feel like I would protect like that, like that dynamic with my son and make him the priority. At least I hope that I would do that. Like in this, where I'm at right now, that's, yeah, I think if it happened today, I would be like, you're gone, you know? Um, it's, but it's so easy because it's like before having a baby, my priority was my relationship with Charlie, you know, like that meant everything to me. It still means something to me, but it's not the most important relationship in my life. You know, I mean, it's very important and I love him and I want it to work obviously, but the relationship with my son, if I have to pick, that's more important to me. So it kind of helps with that, like with the feeling like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to describe like how I felt about our relationship, but it was like, I just really wanted it to work really badly, (laughs) you know? And like, it was the most important thing to me. And now it's like, it's super important and I care a lot about him obviously, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of a different perspective. Well, and so let me ask you this, though. Charlie's Road has had quite a few relapses. Yeah. Does that shift your, um, I hope he never does it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, But have you thought, like, if this motherfucker relapses, peace out. Where, not not that you're divorcing, but maybe he's out of the house. Yeah. Like, I'll say personally, I've already told Steve, like, you relapse, like, I understand relapse is a part of this. Like I understand this journey, but if you relapse, even if you tell me the next day, like that trust is broken, you are out of the house. Like I've set up those boundaries. Yeah. yeah so similar thing. Like I'm not saying I would go instantly to divorce, but he would need to leave. Like there, there's no, there's nothing positive about him like I wouldn't trust him at all like you said the trust is gone so I wouldn't trust him in the home with our son like I would want I wouldn't want anything to happen um so yeah he would have to go and I don't know where he would go and I don't really care but he would have like I couldn't deal like he would need to go and figure that out himself and then uh, we would need to figure out our relationship later but I think the first thing for me like I've already like worked through that exercise and I would just have to figure it out without him. Yeah. So, so you know what's interesting? So last night we take turns with our oldest putting um, her to bed. And I, she was just awake, awake, and she just wouldn't freaking go to bed. So um, we were both laying down and I was just pretending to be asleep. I had my eyes closed and I just was not responding, like not responding at all. I was just over it. I was done. Um, and she kept pulling up my eyelids and like, mom, wake up, mom, mom. (laughs) And the first thing that came to my mind was I can't keep pretending. Like I felt very sad. Like I am paranoid. Like 
it was almost like an out-of-body experience that that is what she would do if she found my husband like that. Oh, my God. To see her precious. I mean, it was so sweet, right? Mom, you know, all she wants is me. Mom, you know, wake up. You know, I want to play type of thing. And if he would be OD'd on the floor, like that was my first thought. It wasn't even like, go the fuck to bed. It was, (laughs) oh my God, if she would ever find Steve like this, like it broke my heart, just her innocence of um, finding her parent dead, OD. Yeah, that sucks. So it's interesting you've said that. so he was we take turns putting um the baby to bed and i was in like our little office area and i heard a big thump i was like what what is that like did he pass out and like fall over it's literally what i thought like did he fall over or something and then i heard the baby fussing a little bit so i get up and i like go look and his cell phone fell on the floor when he got up to like put the baby in the bassinet and i was just like oh my gosh but that ran through my mind like what what do you what do you do now you know it sucks yeah well because you heard the thump in the bathroom yeah his last big mm-hmm. od yeah that's right yeah mm-hmm. like a cheering sound mm-hmm. yeah man so much ptsd <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so but yeah i mean it's great life is great <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just think that's the things that you like maybe typical people who are not in this situation like whatever think that your kid pulling on your eyelids like yeah you know that's so sad to think about that and it's just so sad that like we have you have these innocent moments as in a relationship in general it's not even as a with the parent dynamic but in your relationships with these men like or people in recovery it's like you have these genuine sweet moments and they're always, they always seem to be clouded by like negative memories or negative what ifs or, you know, things like that. It just like, it can't just be like really nice. It has to be like, okay, this is a really nice time. Now, if this doesn't work, what am I going to do? It's like, you're kind of always thinking about that, which is kind of a bummer. Well, and when you were gone, you know, we had the episode about kind of like plan Bs Mm. and just like how just something, you know, we just always have to have a plan B, I think. And I think another thing, like a sweet moment that you were talking about, I think when my oldest was like one or something, she loved to just freaking spin and then she'd stop and you'd see her head just like you could tell she was like so dizzy and she loved it. And I started to panic and I thought she likes the head change. This is, this is how she's going to be an addict. Oh no. Who knows? I don't know if she'll be an addict. Who knows? I mean, I, I bet a spinning one-year-old is a spinning (laughs) one-year-old. Like, (laughs) but it just, it was so, um, every time she spun, I thought she's going to be like him and Mm -hmm. she's going to, be an addict yeah i can't even it's really so this is interesting um charlie was came home i don't forget where he went he went to the store or something but anyways he came home and he was like i had this really weird like uh i went down this really re- weird thought path of like what if lenny grew up lenny's my son's name what if lenny grew up and 
um, became an addict and, you know, we, we had to deal with that. And like, what if he died? And he was like, and I've never been so sad. I was like, that's literally been my life. Like, that's I would- how I feel. <laughs> Is this the first time he's thought about that? Yeah, but he, from the perspective of like, yeah, he's, yeah, You're like, from the perspective hello. of our son. What? He said, hello, welcome to our world. Right, he was like, yeah, it was terrible. I f- and I was like, yeah, <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, that's been the last eight years of my life. I'm very familiar with that feeling. <laughs> how do you like them apples fucker yeah exactly it was just so interesting to me he was like i've never been so sad and i was like yeah <laughs> okay well welcome to the club that's yeah that's how this goes so it's just so interesting it just seems like he's just way more um engaged in life i think it's just so weird and he's been like doing really well but this is just bringing out new stuff i think so it's just prompted some really neat conversations. Um, but yeah, so eight years. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm excited to listen and watch your journey. We've been friends for a while now. I think like almost five years now. So I'm excited to see you guys on this journey. And uh, it's a wild ride. Like our two, um, your kid and my youngest is pretty close in age. So I think that'll be fun to raise our attic babies together. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Maybe we need to figure out a new phrase for that. I, yeah. think our, I think our kids might, we should just arrange their marriage. <laughs> no, because then our grandkids will be super fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, okay. I'm doing my best to not raise a, a, not a, not a decent person, so... <laughs> I was busy at work. We digress. So, um, how was jail? Oh, that is a, an abrupt Left turn. turn. Um, from babies to jail. Uh, I think jail sucked for yeah. Um, I will say, I talked to him about maybe coming on, doing an episode where he talks about jail, because he's, um, we've had some interesting conversations he's been out just as um, being in jail sober and the majority of the people he were was around were either withdrawing or they were like drug dealers just like feelings that that brought up and like how he was trying to stay you know connected to the recovery mindset but how he also noticed that like the spiritual component was really hard to like hold on to he felt like in jail he's like I just felt like there was like a complete void of spirituality which um made him realize that's probably an area he needs to like work on a little bit more like strengthen that part um so I feel like he would have a lot more insight on like what it was like for him on the inside and how he dealt with all of that um but from my from my perspective I think that I actually had more anxiety leading up to the week than during the week which is always the case for me like (laughs) I'm recognized this pattern and still working on figuring out how to like break that pattern but like I was more anxious of like how I was going to feel during the week or like it was also good that I talked to Jake um 
every day. Like he would call me a couple of times um, a day. We only talk for like a few minutes here and there, but it was nice to have that like check in and know that he was doing all right. So yeah, that was fine. He got released at 2.45 in the morning. So Sunday morning, I guess. Um, and we've been like social distancing and kind of self quarantining him for the last few days because, you know, jails can be hot spots for COVID. And um, he was never like temperature checked on intake. They weren't wearing masks. He said at this time, because the guards like never came into their cell block. They would just call people over a microphone. Um, but then that also created a lot of confusion just with people were being shuffled around. He had six different room uh, cellmates in the time that he was there. So it's just all of that made me feel very uneasy with him coming out and just like having no idea <laughs> what he came oh my gosh. with. Um, so we've been in separate rooms and staying like apart in the house, like not touching. Like when we have, when we were in the car together, we both wore masks. So just trying to be cautious. He got a test yesterday. So we're waiting for those results to see, like he doesn't have any symptoms. Um, so probably fine, but you just like that has been the biggest stressor mm-hmm. where like we should be really good jail's done and out of the way that's behind us but there's this lingering stress I guess so yeah how long for the results in the test um so we went to one of like the the state sites that and they said they've been averaging like 48 hours um but then on the website you know they have a disclaimer that's like could take up to four to six days yeah just like I think nationwide their testing is test results are delayed so yeah yeah I don't four days online gonna be around my immunocompromised mother this weekend so I got a test but yeah it was like four days or something yeah Yeah. so I don't know what's is there anything you want to know about (laughs) no I mean I think you know I was just interested to know how jail was. I mean, I guess it kind of sucks. I think it's interesting they didn't have to wear a mask because the county that he was in, it's mask mandatory. So I think that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so kind of fill me in. I haven't been catching up with you gals regularly since being on leave. But um, you know, where is, like, how have things been going since he moved in? And, like, his recovery, like with just like the pandemic and I know that impacted his job and all that stuff. So how is, how is, how have things been? Yeah. Um, Oh, funny enough, the day that he got released from jail was six months clean. Oh, cool. Um, That's good. (laughs) Congrats, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he's got six months. I think I shared, I can't remember if I've shared this or not, but, um, He's the furthest along in the steps that he's ever been. He's actually working step nine right now doing amends. Um, So he made his amends to 
one of his sisters already and I'm just waiting for mine keep waiting girl so I will be waiting I'm sure for a little while but um so I'm I'm proud of him for getting to this point and and doing that and um um he's been kind of what you're mentioning with like Charlie you've noticed him like reaching out to people more than he ever used to like that was a big um issue for Jake in the past is like he just never really made those like close connections or would utilize them at least like he wouldn't call people or just stay in touch and I feel like that was one positive thing that came out of the recovery house is it he really like formed some relationships and when that house closed and he moved in there were a handful of guys that he was close with and he's actually like worked really hard at keeping in touch with them and like meeting up for coffee or meeting at um, meetings. Um, And he kind of like, I would say that he calls someone probably every day or every other day, but he's like texting with them throughout. Um, He talks to his sponsor on the phone at least once a week and then they like text. So um, yeah, there just seems to be, different about his like recovery mindset this time around than in the past which is a little hard hard to explain because I wouldn't say like in the past that he didn't care or that he like didn't want to be clean like he was it just feels like this time there's like I don't know maybe more urgency or he's more motivated I guess so that's been good to see um when he got out of oh this was kind of nice when he got out of jail he said like there had been a few of his like close friends that he'd been talking with the week before and had mentioned like oh yeah I'm going in for seven days like I'll talk to you when I'm out and then there were a couple people that he didn't mention it to and when he got out he had some like text and missed calls from those people like Hey, just like, haven't heard from you. You doing okay. And then like a couple of days later, like, Hey man, yeah, you get my text. Are you okay? And, um, he was like, Oh, it was really nice to see like, you know, they're worried about me and they care. I think so often in the past, he just felt like, Oh, nobody really cares if I'm doing well or not. And, he never really gave people the chance to show that. And now that he's building those relationships. Um, yeah, I just feel like that's had a big impact and it was kind of nice to see like how much that meant to him to see that people like were reaching out and checking on him when they didn't hear from him. Um, and he's was talking to a couple people on the phone yesterday. So I feel like recovery wise, Um, at the beginning of this month, end of last month, I went through like a a big bout of anxiety that I realized lined up with the timeline of like his previous relapses and just getting into that time period when everything just went to hell last year. And so I think there was a lot of, I don't know, triggered, like the dates were triggering and things, but um, yeah, I've been, I guess, overall feeling fine. 
That's good. So we we haven't touched on this, and honestly, personally, we haven't spoken about this. I. <laughs> so what about your timeline? I mean, mm. you. I mean, at this point, you had kind of thought that you'd probably get, you know, be getting married in a couple months. Like, where are you with that? I mean, you kind of made a hard. You you did make a hard deadline, and and things got you know shifted and adjusted with his relapse and it and it was a long run so how are you feeling about I mean I think that you guys I'm just gonna go how, how are you feeling <laughs> um I don't have an answer as far as a timeline um I guess you could say that I reneged on my last <laughs> timeline um I think a lot has happened since that so I don't know. I guess in a way I, I feel like COVID has also been good for this. And just the fact that like the whole world has kind of been slowed down. I have noticed that I've been putting less pressure on myself of like, Oh, timelines. And we have to do this because everyone else is doing that. Um, which has made me wonder if my timelines, how much of my timelines were coming from me instantly or coming from, what I was taking as like external expectations because like everyone around me was like, oh, we're getting engaged and getting married and blah, blah, blah. And, and then during the time when all of that has sort of stopped, I guess I don't necessarily feel so behind. I don't know. Or it's just made me look at it a little bit differently. Um, I guess, I mean, obviously my overall... I'm not, how do I want to say this? I mean, I guess I still have to figure out like baby timeline because I know that I want to have kids and like, that's not something that will just wait forever. Um, But that's been something I've also struggled with where even if everything was normal and we were married right now, I don't know if I would actually like have kids at this moment. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> you still, it's important to you to still get married. Like you guys have been together for 10 years. Like it's still important to you to get married legally. Um, or has that changed? I think that's always been something I've gone a little like back and forth on where I've always been like, I think if I, if someone were to be like, oh, you have to pick between having a kid together and getting married. I would say I'd rather forget about the marriage part. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't necessarily need like what society has made marriage or from like a re- religious aspect or whatever, those things. Like, I don't feel like I need that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in general, like, yes, I would like to be married because I feel like it gives some sort of security. And it's this idea of like, Hey, we are both like, committing legally our lives together so I like like that um is it something that I have to have I don't know have you guys um I mean I I totally relate to where you're at because we were like that for a long time I mean we've been married for eight years and just had a kid and stuff so I get some of that like uh, and always feeling like a relapse, pushed whatever time frame I had in my mind 
to something else to the point where I was just like, I don't have anything. I don't just whatever happens. <laughs> but do you um, have you guys been talking about this stuff? Is it um, like, are you more on the same page now than you were this time last year? Or how is that going? We haven't recently talked about it. I think if I think we are more on the same page now than maybe previously. Not even it's not that we were. Hmm. I think the hang up for Jake has always been his own personal fears of can he stay clean and sober and worrying about bringing a child into the world and not fully believing that like he can and from what we've talked about recently it sounds like maybe in the past there's I mean nobody knows for sure if you'll stay like clean and sober but it sounds like in the past there was always sort of this like I don't know if I can really do this Mm -hmm. and the, the further along he's getting in the steps and working like recovery wise I think the more confident he is feeling in his ability to stay clean, if that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I feel like that has shifted a little bit for him, but. It's interesting. I wonder like, because we weren't planning on becoming pregnant, it just kind of happened. And there were relapses in the time I was pregnant. Um, but I I wonder how much of like that is like confidence, you know, like when like I see it in Charlie, like how he has failed, like quote unquote failed at recovery so many times, you know, and there's like I notice how he's like lacks confidence in himself in other areas recently, especially when it comes to like parenting the baby, you know, like he doesn't think like he'll defer to me if he like if anything is going like outside of normal um he's like i don't know what to do and he doesn't think that he can do whatever it is that needs to be done to like solve the problem that, like that's happening right now so i wonder like i don't know that anyone an addict or not could say i, I don't know if i can stay sober for an entire kid's life you know like right. that's a lot <laughs> but i think that um it sounds like he's doing more of the work that allows him to like solve problems in a constructive way, which I think is the underlying thing that I've noticed with Charlie is that it's not that he's like Mr. Recovery right now. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's, he's doing good things, but he's not like following the plan that maybe we would thought would happen Mm -hmm. prior to all of this, like, change with covid and then just the daily grind of taking care of a baby but what i've noticed is that like there's a constant thing of like where he's just basically it seems like told himself that he or committed to like solving the problem at hand whatever that is and like talking and communicating and like getting through it versus what i think he would do a long time ago was just like try to escape yeah so I don't know that I don't think it's realistic for anyone to say like I don't want to have a baby until I can do this for the whole length for whatever the kid's life is but it's like those basic life skills and like it sounds like he's forming some of those that he didn't have before 
Yeah. Um, I would agree about like the confidence issue. And then mm-hmm. like, I think he's starting to feel like, oh, maybe I am a better person than I thought, or like, at least I'm becoming a better person where, you know, maybe in the past he didn't think so highly of himself. You know, there is a lot of shame and mm-hmm. so I don't know. And I agree whether you're an addict or not an addict, I think it's at any point people, is anyone ever really ready to be um, like a parent? Like, I guess whether you're an addict or not an addict, you're, there's probably never any perfect time of like, okay, now we're exactly ready. Um, No. And I think so part of it is Jake getting to the point of being like, okay, maybe I'm not, 100% ready I'm never going to be 100% ready but I feel more confident that I can handle like what comes my way than previously um and we've joked before about how it might have to be something where I just don't tell him that I've had my IUD removed and then we just get pregnant and that's how it happens because if it if it comes down to us like planning when the perfect time is I will probably never be pregnant so yeah if I could go back now, like being on the other side, like going through the, his recovery and all that stuff and then being pregnant and having a kid and then seeing that play out, if I could go back and tell myself, like, these are the things you should look for to see if he's ready. It has nothing to do with the things I'm noticing that are like making him an active and good partner and father in this, like a partner. Um, has everything to do with how he's handling stress and absolutely nothing to do with day amount of days clean. I mean, I think those contribute to that, you know what I mean? But it's like, I, I, for a long time thought like, well, I can't do, we can't have a kid until there's at least one year, you know, or at least this amount, or I would say like, he would have, he needs to like be going to three meetings and doing like, he needs to get through all of the steps and all of these, like I would have all of these like very important like milestones in recovery in my mind but um I think that that those things help facilitate like and uh, teach them those life skills and sometimes people learn them like the big piece for Charlie has been therapy mm-hmm. I mean he's made more progress in therapy than he has with any of those things individually and now he wouldn't have been ready for therapy had he not been through all of that recovery stuff and and done all of that. But that's been the big piece for him. So I think I would just like, I, it's again about expectations and like the perfect, the external thing. But um, I feel like I would feel comfortable if I was seeing my partner in an addict or not. But if I was seeing my partner, like, have something thrown at them and handle it in a productive way and, like, come to you and, like, try to work things out with you. I mean, these are things that he was literally unable to do three years ago. So, I mean, those are the biggest pieces that have made us, you know, a little bit better off than we would have been had I got pregnant in the throes of everything. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think that you'll you'll know, like when it's a partner that you can work with and when you like are both on the same page as far as 
how to work together, I think. And you have, they have to do, I think it was important for Charlie to do all that other work, all the meetings and the steps and just having a sponsor and all of those things to be at that, to be ready for that, I think. Does that make sense? I feel like I've rambled. Yeah. Okay. And I think similarly, I would also, I feel like I will also get to a point where I know like, okay, I can't keep waiting anymore or this isn't working. Like, I feel like I I will know when I hit that point, um, but I haven't hit it yet. So mm-hmm. um, gonna keep going along, I guess. And maybe, I mean, honestly, he, excuse me, he went on a long, hard six month run. And maybe that was like, I hate rock bottoms. I don't believe that's a real thing. But maybe that was just a, you know, his last kick in the ass where it's like, man, I don't want to live my life that way. I mean, I think he shared some of that when he did our podcast um, yeah. together. I mean, he, he didn't have an easy go of it, you know, when he was out. Yeah. So. Well, cool. I think we covered a lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so, okay. Well, great. Well, Alex, and we you are... Never- but you never told us about your uh, driveway thing. Should we save that for another episode or is it? Yeah, we'll save that. It's nothing. I think we have a fantastic episode and that <laughs> was kind of, kind of piddly stuff, which is actually going to grow into a bigger story, I think. But it was the first step of a story. So yes. TBD on my, my driveway that. story. Nice. Got it. Cool. Well, it's awesome. great to be back, guys. It's nice talking yes. to you. Have you back? Mm-hmm. Excited to be back. Doing well. There, surviving. Yeah. Getting by. Cool. Well, great, everyone. Well, thanks again for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you have any stories or you can relate to any of new motherhood or parenthood, please message us. We always love to hear from everyone. Find us on social at boyproblemspod.com and keep coming back. Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.